on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. Brought to you by the power of the Journey Into Comics Network. This is the Journey Into Comics Podcast. The show that's 100% dedicated to everything nerd. With your hosts, the Podfather, Nate Phillips, the Podmaster, Brandon Stone, and the Journey Into Comics Network stepdad, Tyler McLaughlin. Time to make the Jimmy Chunks. Hey! Excellent! What did you do? And here we go. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. What's up, true believers? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. I can't believe it. We are at Journey into Comics 344, exactly two months to the day since our last episode, folks. We are back in the swing of things. We don't know what that means. Who is it that's with me? Let's talk to him, my man with the plan. The Podmaster himself. You guys know him and love him on all the amazing shows. He does. Welcome back, Brando. What's going on, my man? How are you? Dude, I'm I'm wild. I feel like I'm... Okay, 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 okay. I'm going to use a really fucking weird reference just right out the gate, but I feel like it's apropos. We haven't talked in a while. We got to start things off crazy. So do you remember, like, right before the first time you had sex? Not like the actual act, not like the penetration and all the okay. dirty details, but like mm-hmm. like the build up too and the anticipation. Kind of, but it was also more of a spur of the moment deal. Okay, okay. I, I guess I actually guess... Okay, so the first time was a spur of the moment deal. This the second time was well planned. And, and that's the one that was stressful and executed. It wasn't stressful or, or had the buildup, I guess it had maybe anticipation. Let's put it that way. Okay. So that's how I feel getting back to the show. It's been two months. There's been so many great things since we last talked like invincible's over. We had last covered that, but like we've had a whole new Marvel show come and now go a new Marvel uh, movie has dropped. Uh, life has definitely taken some twists and some turns for both of us you have a had or have i'm not sure the verbiage on that in a new schedule or temporarily uh you know that's already over (laughs) so what could have pulled wrenches into schedule for a week it's already over no uh your schedule has been the the worst it's ever been since you started podcasting the irony is and I said this to you when we finally were able to record an episode of Rank 'em All, probably about a week ago or something like that. And it was like, you know, for years, almost seven years, you were the most dependable podcast host, you know, out of all of us that were that were part of the network. Because, well, 
you were the most available. You can make yourself available pretty easily. The rest of us were more uh, hindered, strapped down. If if we if we had uh, a, a a wrench thrown into the plans that were like well personal, but if it if we were working a lot, it made it more difficult. Now that's you, and uh, it's a, it's interesting to be on the other foot of that. Uh, but that's why you know what, and it's also kind of funny. Uh, to, to pull the curtain back behind the scenes here, just just for a tad, we're pulling the curtain back. That's a funny reference to later. Yeah, I actually mentioned something on the last time that we sat down to do a JIC. You know, um, talking about the show, talking about where it's going, where it's been, what's it going to look like, how's it going to feel with things kind of coming up on the horizon. And I actually threw it out there. I'm like, you know what? Maybe it would be good for the show to kind of take a little bit of a break. And I was thinking we would get to 350 and kind of take a a hiatus. What we I, totally Kirkmaned them. What I, yeah, what I did not expect. <laughs> we just said 343, fuck it. Here we go. Here we go. This That's is it. Not, we, there was no planning in this at all. No. Um, there were probably like 15 episodes that we almost recorded in the times between the recordings. There were, although there were multiple times where we tried to make something work or we, or we checked in and we're like, nah, it's not going to work. Either it, you know, the time that you had off is like, I'm like, man, I can't do that. You know, I, I I got other stuff that's kind of going on. But here we are today. We are going to be talking about Loki first and then Black Widow. There are full spoilers abound for our thoughts on both. Uh, so if you haven't watched them, don't want to hear spoilers, now's your chance to leave. Um, they will be marked in the time code down below uh, for when each one starts. So that way, if you've seen one or not the other, uh, you feel free to go down there and skip ahead. But... Um, I, I almost to- want to diverge right out the gate from what, like, like in classic JIC tangent form, because there is something we did not plan to discuss that should be on the docket. But I don't want to diverge from your thoughts, so please start your thought, and then we'll we'll, well double diverge. I have like two brief things. Well, okay, I sure. say brief, and then yet we're going to sit here and, and you know tangent off of these for an hour. Um, I kind of wanted to touch base because we're here to record today. When we got halfway through Loki, I was wondering when we should start to get an episode together to, to discuss it. And I'm like, man, it's almost getting to the point where we should just wait until it's over <laughs> before we even start. Yeah. Uh, so that's exactly what we're doing. But also, we want to be candid. We don't know when we're going to get to record again. We're going to try. We're going to definitely try to make We actually it have a goal for next week, actually. Yes, we yes. could could actually pull this off if the stars yes. align for us, Brando. If, if it all happens uh, next next week, we could record and we can have another episode out for you guys. But and then we'd only be five episodes away from 350. I can't yes. believe it. Now we can actually reminisce because we've been gone on our greatest hiatus. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it's, we we, we can reminisce and it, and it doesn't just feel weird that we're just that we keep reminiscing. In fact, if we just lengthen out these episodes even more, uh, then it, then we can get away with the continual reminiscing on each episode unlike like was it a 200 episodes ago when we just kept doing it and we're like man i can't believe we got here i can't believe we got here it's like well you know what in some way or form i can't believe we made it to 344 because it took a while to get here even after doing 343 episodes of the show the show is here we made it i have another um 
I don't know if it's a reference, but a comparison. JIC is like the hardest boss in Metal Gear Solid 3, the ladder. <laughs> you got to conquer that bitch one rung at a time. You know, we're just sometimes we climb the ladder really quick. We did a long strain there where we were like every single Monday for years consistently yep. at your ears. And you know what? Right now, things are moving really quick in my job. And if they move as quickly as they've been moving by this time next year, I'll be having a vacation house in Cabo. And we can record whatever the fuck we want, bro, because like it's been crazy, like everything in my job moving super fast positions filling and, and opening and and change happening continually since we last talked i bought a fucking massive tv that's like the my happiest purchase in a long time because i've desperately wanted to join the 4k era and finally found the greatest deal ever a 70 inch 4k samsung uhd tv it's a smart tv by the way for 6.99 it's a pretty good deal. Yes. It's a pretty good deal. And it's a pretty big fucking TV, if I yeah. don't mean to say myself. Well, okay, because you know, you have developments, you know, and and I don't have developments yet, but it's coming at some point this year that I am going to be putting in for a different job myself. And that could not 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 like not at first. I, I don't even know when and how soon when it would start. But at some point, it could get erratic, and my availability could dwindle. Because maybe at that point, Tyler's availability will open up. <laughs> That's another thing. Kind of play the game. I miss Ty. I'd love to get a podcast going with him in uh, the near future. But you know, that's down the road. We've entered. I've entered a spot in my life where it's become an even bigger priority to say no to doing stuff just if that means getting to spend more time with the family. And that's because of uh, work, other plans, if we have this going on. Could you know? Could that podcast fit in here? Yes. Am I going to miss out on just life? Yes. And so, you know, I don't feel like I missed a lot with my first kid. I felt like, you know, we were there. But it went by so fast. He's going to be yeah. six in just a few weeks. And the youngest one's a year and a half. He is bigger than almost a three-year-old. He's huge. And I look at my oldest and I'm just like, my God, I missed so much. I didn't really. But it's it, it went by so fast. I want to cherish this for as long as I can. So I am making those calls of like, should I? Not can I? Should I? Totally. And so that's another that's that has now entered into a different priority, and that is that's what it's going to be for everything that I do. So what's that mean for the future of JIC? Well, stay tuned. Uh, we will try and let you guys know. We'll try and be a little bit more communicative online about um, if we're going to be missing for a little bit. You know. Um, also, uh, it, you know, uh, Rank of Mall is going on right now. Uh, so go check out the the Between the Buried and Me episodes are dropping now. 
you will not be hearing our luscious voices. No, that was a project in, in band that uh, band rank that got started by Dick and Nick that we did Metallica with. And they got some of their other buddies, uh, the dudes, to kind of come in and rank that band and have a good time doing it. And so Nate and I are working on another project for that as well. But just like this show, that show hadn't recorded in two months. And so we got a little behind. It's not ready to air yet anyways. But man, life is throwing curves in fucking they bro curves. Whether they're, you know, <laughs> um thankfully for you, on in some regards, they're good curves. Because Yeah, we- I mean the advancement opportunities that I've been afforded are crazy and it's real it's so bizarre. And I'm gonna be really I'll be candid for a moment and say some things that, you know maybe some of my coworker associates and whatnot will hear. I don't know. Um, when we started in December, I will never forget sitting in front of the class and, you know, we're in this kind of still new industry, the cannabis industry, and we're nervous and, and, and we've got all these people that we don't really know that are about to teach us things. And they're doing a getting to know you. They start with our general manager. Then they move to the assistant manager, Gino. And Gino's like, Hey, y'all, you know, I'm Gino. I used to work at South Chicago. I was only working there for a few months and then I ended up getting an advancement and I got opportunities and they offered me the opportunity to be assistant GM here. So I was like, wow, not very like less than a year. And you became assistant general manager to like a multi-million dollar a month business. Like how sign me the fuck up, you know? So I started like just hustling and doing my fucking putting the grind to it, working my ass off of that job and giving my all. And, and you know what the should, you know, could I have gotten off early some nights and, and taken the L on the paycheck? Yeah. I also could have hurt my team. And now they all look to me as this leader that it makes sense that I want this position because Gino is leaving that position. So it's like, here I am. And I'm like, man, the guy who I kind of like aspired to be like, he inspired me to be a certain kind of way in this job. Um, I could feel his shoe. It's very fucking Luke Obi-Wan, bro. And he's it's weird, though, because he's younger than me and shit. But, man, it's, it's cool. So, you know, um, I, hopeful, hopeful for that. And you know what? That opportunity would be great because that would mean I would end up having some more time at home because it is salary. So my my schedule would not be so erratic. It would kind of lock in tune, which is amazing. So all fingers crossed. We'll see all things considered, you know, what the future holds for sure. But, uh, um, Brando, one, one thing I wanted to tangential top, uh, touch on the suicide squad is less than three weeks from coming out and bro, it just, uh, the hype for me has built to a fever pitch Especially now I've been reading reviews. People are saying it's like every word you could use to describe a movie. Brilliant, twisted, dark, emotional, captivating, uh, you know, um, breathtaking, brave, you know, risk taking all these words. Um, I want to fucking see it, man. James Gunn's my dude. So I like I want to see what happens to keep it in the D.C. realm really quick before we get all marvelly on you. Did you see I sent you the pictures? There were there were some behind the scenes pictures more from the from the flash that just got put out today. Okay, Supergirl looks bad as fuck. Oh <gasps> there you go. 
I'm going to run off set. <laughs> That's not a Daenerys Palin, I don't think. Uh, he's excited. He's super excited. Because I was when I saw it. There you go. On If you're watching a video on YouTube or on Facebook, that is the 1989 Batmobile from Michael Keaton era. The Batmobile from our childhood. I, you know, everybody else, everybody has their Batmobile. Everybody has ones they like and dislike. You know, a lot of people grew up with the 66 Batmobile. That's cool. Nate and I grew up with that one. And that is the one. You've had flashier ones. You've had tankier ones. You've had muscle cars. They're all cool in their own way. That one has a special place in my heart. Certain style to it that's unmatched. Next to the animated series Batmobile, which in its own right is its own unique. Mm-hmm. To keep it with the Flash, though, because we have been gone for a while, the teaser of the Flash suit looks fucking incredible. Yeah. The fact that we saw 89 Bat suit with the Batman crest with blood on it, which was very reminiscent of what, Brando? What was the first thing you thought of? Button. The button. I have, man, gut feelings. They're going to not necessarily do exactly the button because I think to translate the Watchmen directly, man, maybe... Maybe I'm fucking way off base and we'll get some sort of shocking holy shit moment where Dr. Manhattan is the reason the multiverse is how it is and everything's fucked up. I don't know. But they are going to take bits and pieces of Flashpoint, bits and pieces of the button and make their own unique story while kind of rebranding the whole DCEU. I'm a thousand percent for this. My only uh, okay, so like number one, you're pulling at my heartstrings, bringing back Keaton and and, and the Batmobile, getting his get, getting that old character involved in newer stuff. You're pulling in the heartstrings. You're messing with my childhood. I'm excited, but I'm afraid to be a little let down. I will get candid about DC. We've talked about him here on the show. Every time I watch one of the DCEU movies, I like them better. They're not perfect, but none of the Marvel movies are necessarily perfect either. And they have a different, you know, flow about them. I think what it is is that every time I watch Man of Steel or BBS, I, I know the flaws are there, but I don't care anymore. But as you watch those movies more and more, they become way more enjoyable. The, like yeah, being I able so, to actually yeah. say like, oh, I've immersed myself in this movie enough times where I can be along for the ride and just enjoy all of it. I love you know? You know, Snyder Cut. I I was a fan. I, I yes, I loved it. Um, and you know, I just read the other day that um, Chris Nolan saw the theatrical theatrical cut, and he hated it. Right, and he screened it with Zach's wife, and they told him, "You you cannot watch this. Don't watch it." So when Zach was Whoa. doing his version, he had never seen it. And I think that was good, honestly, because it allowed him to not with any sort of bias or trying to prove up against, you know, uh, be able to do his thing and do his vision, you know. Is it, it also long? paid into it also paid into the books because had he seen that movie, he would have scrapped even more visuals to get new visuals because he would have been like, no, I'm not happy that he used my shot of the team up against Superman but didn't quite use it how I was intending, you know, type shit. I mean, it that that it fixed a lot of things. And definitely. Uh, and you know, I 
I've liked every single DC movie that I've watched. Um, the second Wonder Woman was okay. Not as good as the first. It was a different movie. Uh, I, but I really enjoyed Pedro Pascal in it. I thought he was great. Um, Cheetah, not so much. I thought it was kind of just... At first, it was interesting, and then it just, by the end of the movie, didn't. Uh, <laughs> the dynamic between Diana and Steve, thought it was great. You know? But, but there's little hiccups here and there. And that's okay. I Nate... Before we get into, and, and this is something that I'm going to say here because it's going to be something that is going to come up later. I have started to try and adjust my own mental review system. I can dive deep. I can dive deep into shit and get into the minutia huh? A of what I'm watching and <laughs> nitpick. At the end of the day, I have to ask myself one question when I watch something, when I play something, when I see whatever. Was I entertained? Are you not entertained? You know, I've actually started down my own track during this time off and to watch every single X-Men movie because I hadn't seen them all. You know, there's been some really bad. You know, I actually enjoyed X3 a little bit more this time. As compared to some of the stuff after it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I watched Apocalypse for the first time. What I really enjoyed it. That movie had bits that were good. I can't say that about Dark Phoenix. I have not got there yet. <clears throat> but there were some nitpicks with, if I want to go nitpicky with Apocalypse. But at the end of the day, was I entertained by it? Yes. Did Were, were, were there some twists and turns in there that really got me like excited as an X-Men fan? Yes. Yep. So there it is. You know, we live in a world where not everything is going to be laid out as perfect as we as we want it. You know, well, me and you the sacred timeline has been busted. I think well, things can change for the better. Well, you know. Yeah. So let's just go right into that, guys. We're going to start Loki talk right here. And now we're about 20 minutes in uh, the exact time code will be down uh, below uh, as well as for when we're going to start the widow talk. So if you, if you want to skip ahead to widow, you haven't seen Loki Now's the time to do that. Three, two, one, bye. You're gone. Good. I'm going to take a sip of my seven up. And as he's taking a sip of my, his, I almost said as you're taking a sip of my seven up. Fuck. <laughs> that does it not is, work out well. It is cherry seven up. So I can't drink anything, Brando. I mean, I guess technically right now, live on the show, I could do the damn thing and like it would kind of be fun, but it would also kind of be gross. So let's, uh, before we officially, officially, officially break into Loki. On a crazy sale that I can't believe, I actually finally got a 23andMe Ancestry and Health Kit. So I will be submitting my DNA tomorrow to officially be microchipped by the government. Uh, wait, no, that's not what's happening. Uh, they're they're going to tell me. You're going to get your your lineage back, and it's going to come back. You're going to open it up, and it's going to be just um, like, a, like a clip art picture of a pot leaf. Like <laughs> you are literal weed. <laughs> Your lineage is one hundred percent ganj, my friend. <laughs> Whatever you were is gone. <laughs> then these are the genes you'll pass forward. Weed who remains. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, so uh, okay, so let's officially get into it, Brando. We have officially seen and watched and been burdened with glorious purpose of watching this Loki series. 
you know, all the way back at the Disney Plus announcement, Loki was one of those shows that was a great mystery to me. I was like, why of all the MCU characters and things they could do, why WandaVision, why Falcon, Winter Soldier, why Loki? Those were really my big like, what? This is how you're leading out the gate. And so far, it's been home run after home run after home run. And Loki is... um there's so many things to talk about to briefly give the gist if you are semi-fresh and just want to listen to us and don't care about being spoiled. The show Loki is set right after Endgame. You know, uh, Loki at the Battle in New York uh, and when the Avengers go to get the Tesseract, he gets the Tesseract and blips into a different place. That different place is a different spot on the timeline. And when he shows up, the Time Variance Authority shows up to take him. He then ends up joining them in some shenanigans with Mobius, who is kind of a director, leader kind of guy of, uh, of, of operations there at the TVA. And uh, really craziness ensues. Uh, so we're going to talk about that craziness. Brando, what are some of your thoughts and favorite moments from this first season, I can say that now, of Loki. Yeah, um, I enjoyed the show. I thought it, it found a good balance of humor. I I really enjoyed um, what, what Tom Hiddleston brought to the character here, uh, taking advantage of kind of a fresh start, if you will, uh, because this is not the Loki that went through all the character twists and turns after... New York. This is not the one that died in Thor's arms and then uh, uh, took over Asgard and banished Odin, and you know, or uh, you know, also accidentally led to his mom's death, and uh, and then his next snap by Thanos, and then ended up standing next to Thor. You know, they built sort of a bond. You know, like it it was a little bit more solidified. Loki's still Loki, Thor's still Thor, but they were standing together as the two sons of Asgard. And then Thanos happened. And um, I, I love the part where he got to just sit there by himself and kind of fast forward through some of these moments for him to see. Wow, that was super meta watching uh, MCU second timeline Loki watch MCU first timeline Loki movie form. Because it was like he was watching the movies, but it was just like, Lie to him, it seemed like a live retelling of the actions and the consequences yeah. of those actions. I like that a lot. Um, I kind of okay, so in some cases, I kind of feel like while I enjoyed each and every episode, and and um, the pacing was fine, looking back on it, I'm wondering if, like, I don't know, sometimes a show. Spreading it out into episodes because literally what these uh, shows have been, uh, especially Falcon and Winter Soldier, it, it it feels just like a long movie. This one kind of feels that way too. So some weeks, but then they're still dividing it up and spreading out character moments. So sometimes it's like you know, yes, I get what you're doing this, but I want it to flow differently. At the end of the day, I, I was entertained. I liked um, him. He's playing his Loki games, but then he's also like evolving as a person. You know, uh, ironic because isn't that the you got to get through the whole part of the journey before you can be changed, right? Uh, 
I also, of course, um, what what you know what they wanted to do is help him track down another Loki variant because I guess Loki variants are just nothing but tr- but troublemakers. <laughs> it's the number one root cause here at the T at TVA. I like the imagery of like the TVA that like kind of nineteen sixties futuristic type like basically um anytime that you make a, a fantasy future it's always a fantasy future based upon what the current timeline thinks it would look like so it usually looks like a fancy version of whatever's going on at that moment in time you know back to the future uh, their version of 2015 was a bunch of neon colors and flying cars and you know and then the you know, uh, Fallout also does this too, where it's like the Fallout, the like the future was all, it was all 1950s style future, in according to like very Jetsonsy or if if I'm getting my point across, that's what the TVA kind of reminds me of. Um, it would be like when when you were like in the late 50s, early 60s, and like the house of the future, and everything's like round, you know, <laughs> and it's got that slight curve to it. Yeah. Uh, so you know, so I like that. I like the spot where like where like like the infinity stones don't work there so they're just paperweights. I thought that was hilarious. He opens up the drawer and there's just stones in there. Like, oh yeah, those. Well, <laughs> but that but that then really lean, lends credence to the fact that like those aren't the most powerful thing in the universe. Right. I mean, and that that moment is fundamentally where this Loki changes. Because he's like, is this the greatest power in the universe? Like, he realizes, like, wait, what are we, what's, how is that a thing? Like, how is this guy Casey using a fucking mind stone as a paperweight? That's a yeah. little bit bizarre, you know? I liked uh, all the comedy bits that they did early on with the resetting. Um, All that stuff was fun. But I also like when Loki starts to wake people up. And, you know, everybody that works there is a variant. Uh, the timekeepers are not real. Um, that whole scene when they that was very nineteen eighties um, uh, movie showdown when they go into the room with the big throne room, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then they're just robots, uh, and then it leads like who actually is it, like in charge or in control here. Um, the uh, all the different Loki variants. That was a that that was a fun and entertaining ride. Classic Loki being your comic accurate version, yeah. Kid Loki, which Kid Loki is proving again they're building hardcore for that Young Avengers. I mean, we're gonna have a younger Hawkeye soon. We've got Wiccan and Speed from Falcon and Winter Soldier. I mean, uh, American Chavez is about to be in the Doctor Strange movie. I mean, they're just bringing all these young characters in to make a Young Avengers, so that's very exciting too because it's the future. Yeah, um, Alligator Loki, hilarious, amazing, just just funny. President Loki, in <clears throat> um, the okay, so like, there's a certain point with this show where you're just kind of like, don't think too hard about it. Just, just let it go. It's silly. It, they're like when they get pruned is, is what they call it. When they get like, I'm not even sure what the fuck it is. Like a staff, like a little zap, and you get teleported to the end of time. It's this plane where you there's like this cloud dog thing, Elias, that is just like 
rusting everything up. <laughs> you get rusted if you're made of metal uh, or you just get disintegrated. Another moment that I loved in the first episode there where Loki isn't sure if he's a robot or not. Do people <laughs> do people not know they're robots? Like, <laughs> what if I'm a robot? Uh, yeah, that, it's like, that's, the, that's, that's, that's a good line. Uh, love it. I like that the series essentially... It's hilarious, but it's also like a play on words. It's a play on words, but it's also very accurate for Loki that he would fall in love with himself. How narcissistic. <laughs> right. But then also they're they're two very different people. And stylistically, they play by their own sets of rules. And that's why he's really fond of her because – and this is – you know, you want to talk about the love thing. There is a very telling line – in episode five journey into mystery which hey spoiler alert got to bring in journey into mysteries reference considering it's part of the namesake of this fucking show i went journey into mystery nope comics yep and that's the name of the show here we are folks um but he says it in episode five to them have you ever i've met a, a, a loki unlike any of you like we're all the same each one of us is the same. We've all tried. We're all the same. But I've met one unlike any of us. And that's the telling moment of like she has starstruck him. He's he's uh, utterly thrown off his game and doesn't know how to react. And then, you know, uh, so, you know, I love the 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 chasing of the variant. And we meet Sylvie. She gets away there at the end with the rocks on thing or rocks cart sends all of the things to prune all these timelines, right? Which we're going to learn kind of interesting thoughts about later. Um, and then that was really high stakes because I was like, oh, my God, this is how they're opening the multiverse up. Like, she just created all these branches. Like That's the grand scheme of this show is going to be her kind of unfoiling the timeline. Nope. How wrong was I? I mean, I wasn't super wrong. There's a guy I wish, Chris, if you're listening, shout out to you. I work with him. He texted me because I had been, we worked together. So I talked to him all the time. And, you know, it's like you and Dick, you know, I talked to him all the time about my theories and stuff. And I had a major theory that played out on this show to the very final episode, which I won't spoil here yet. But um, he texted me. He was like, bro, next time you have a quote unquote theory, will you just say fucking spoiler alert? <laughs> Because I've been talking about it since the first episode, like what I think could be the grand plan. But a lot of thought of like, no, nah, it's too soon for them to pull this trigger. And no, I was wrong. They pulled that trigger. Well, in all fairness, the shows are rolling out quicker than the movies were. So the movies were supposed to be in a couple deep in already. Um, That's true. Eternal should have already been out. We yeah. should already have had Black Widow Shang -Chi out. And, Shang Chi uh, should have already been out. We should. It's what June. July, yeah. so we would have been right after Shang-Chi was supposed to be Spider-Man for a summer release, right? Spider-Man was supposed to be in July, yeah. So we would have just yep. had Spider-Man just now. So, God like, damn it. I know. COVID robbing me of my fucking Spider-Vermans. Spider-Vermans. <laughs> Spider-Vermans. <laughs> well, I almost want to say Spider-Verse, but then I'm not sure that's what they're doing. So I like. Right. Uh, yeah. Last episode was interesting in how it was paced. Um, I may have been a little inebriated last night when I watched it. Hey, I didn't fall asleep. Uh, I've watched it s 
mm, five times, six times at this point. For sure. Okay. No, I only watched it once. So I have like I have like detailed thoughts about the sixth episode. Like really, I liked it. Um, but it also felt. I got spoiled that there was going to be a season two before I watched it. Youch. So that hindered my enjoyment of the episode slightly because things didn't get settled that are going to continue on, obviously, when the show continues on. Um, so they led to it where, like, that one head, I can't remember her name, but the head hunter. Uh, Hunter B-15. Yeah, B-52. Um, you know, she leads that other one into, like, this timeline where the a variant of the judge. Ravana Renslayer. Is yep. a uh, school principal or whatever. Which is actually in the second episode where Mobius has that pen. Franklin D. Roosevelt High School. That's yeah. from her high school. Mm-hmm. So cool callback and it starts something, but it doesn't necessarily go anywhere uh, yet. You know, as far as like, well, it, it actually, it kind it kind of does. And, and we'll future trip. If we're going to talk Ravana just for a brief second, what it seems her, if we're, if we're looking at her character arc, what's about to happen is she was this, you know, she believes she's this person who's ahead of the TVA and helping the timekeepers and everything. She systematically learns that her quote-unquote reality is broken and not real. She also realizes there's a version of her that existed on the timeline, and she's a variant. But the most important thing is she says a line, Mobius says, where are you going? And she says, I'm in search of free will. But just before that, she says only one person can have free will. He who is in charge, the one in charge has free will. So she is literally saying, I'm going to find, well, spoiler alert, uh, he who remains, which we'll, we'll really name him down a little bit here. But um, in the comics, that's his love interest, bro. He falls in love with her and he and Ravana rule the galaxy like it's classic and they're setting it up so brilliantly. So like she isn't going on a hunt to figure out the fact that she's a variant. She's going to ask the motherfucker why. And if free will matters. And then she's going to be like, this dude's awesome. Look at all this power. Look at this 31st century motherfucker just balling out. Going crazy on the multiverse. So, yeah, the Lokis, um, they they find he who remains, the person in charge of everything. And surprise, the person who, who people have been wanting to show up. Literally, I mean, literally, this name got thrown around during WandaVision. Yep. Here we are. Yeah, and it's official. You know, it's also crazy. Hmm. If you look on the MCU timeline on uh, Disney Plus, this is right after Endgame and before WandaVision. So if you're in a watch order, this these events happen before well i mean that actually makes a fuck ton of sense considering the battle of 2012 happens loki goes there that whole time stream event is happening and before they even get to the battle against uh thanos there the final battle uh in 2023 
when Wanda comes back, the events of first season of Loki are already done. <laughs> technically speaking with how time technically works. So with all that being said, uh, yeah, it makes sense that it's in the timeline like that, but it also makes sense that he is the precedent there yeah. because that calls back and we'll just talk for a brief second about WandaVision, that post-credit scene. She's got the dark hold. She's in her witchy mode, reading through it, using the fucking spells like strange. And she hears her kids cry out mom. And that's because that is the same moment the multiverse has cracked open. And that's how she hears them. And now my question is, will we get Loki in Multiverse of Madness? Will he actually, I know there's been a rumor about it, but will we genuinely now find him finding his way there trying to solve the quandary that he's in now because he's in a fucking pickle? Um, but we, we should, probably should break that down. So and we, we, we get to where they found He Who Remains, and He Who Remains is kind of giving the history of how things go, and he's explaining, like, you can't kill me because I already know how everything in the timeline goes. I've literally watched every possible variation of this happen, which I'm going to guess every possible variation is 4,605. Just guessing. Strange. Just saying. Because uh, I don't think he saw every possible way that that could play out. He looked at all the timelines. In, you, in Infinity War. Do you think that this is a... It, it's a story that spreads out across multiple ones. Um, But do you feel like... Because we now know for a fact that this guy... We haven't even said his name yet. Right? He gonna be in the Ant-Man movie. Well, yeah, and I mean, that had been confirmed recently, but like now we know based on he who remains, which is not who is going to be in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Let's just get that straight and see Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania also could tie back to Loki because um, Sylvie and Loki are there in the in the chambers with he who remains. He who remains tells them, you know, I've seen every possible variation. That's why I can know where you're going to what you're going to do before you do it, even know what you're going to say before you say it. And, you know, he gives them the gambit. Loki's you two rule the TVA. It'll allow you to go into any timeline and do anything you want. If you need to go in and use the Infinity Stones to play God and delete a timeline. Sure. If you want to take the throne of Asgard in a timeline for a few minutes, that's cool. Whatever. However, you got to do it, man. Or. Or kill me, kill, kill he who remains. And when you kill me, all the other versions of me that I've been holding back are going to be let loose through the multiverse. And I promise you there's at least one who is the absolute drizzling shits of the worst. Worse than your worst Thanos times infinity stones. Okay. And his name is Kang, the conqueror. And man, the choice they had to make is like my initial thought is like, oh, this is interesting. This sets up season two brilliantly. That'll make them forced to run the TVA like how clever. And Sylvie did not have that plan in mind at all. And mm -hmm. it was a great battle that the Lokis had, honestly. Mm -hmm. Mixture of magic, might and everything. However, I have one complaint. What did Sylvie's attempt to take out he who remains 
give you 1000% reminders of. Are you are you are you saying that like when she shot up when she's flying through the air and it's slow motion Arya Stark. Oh. It reminded me identical to Arya killing Ice King and I was just like god damn that's crazy. But Loki stops her then he gets sent somewhere and initially you're just like oh he's back at the TVA cool no big deal. And Sylvie goes and does the deed. And there's a couple things I really loved about this moment. And I want to talk about Jonathan Major's portrayal as he who remains slash Kang and what that means and what's to come. He says, she says, do you have any last words? And he says, could, could, you know, and obviously he knows in this timeline, he doesn't have anything else to say. This is what is to, he says, there's only one way this goes now. We've heard that line before in this timeline, right? There's only one way this goes. So then after she plunges the knife directly into his gullet, uh, he says, see you soon and smiles real menacingly. So he's obviously talking about the multiple versions of Kang that are going to now spawn from the multiverse being opened up and the infinite branches that are happening. Um, one thing I want to talk about that's super interesting is, and I don't know if you know this, a lot of the body motion, and I do encourage you and others to go back and watch this finale of season six or of epi- God damn it. I can't talk episode six, the finale of season one of Loki, uh, because a lot of the body movements and things Jonathan majors did in that room improv him standing on the desk and like jumping down and like his, his, mannerisms and everything which honestly were captivating to me that's what immediately took me in the episode of like i was like of all the things about this episode i really just want to see more jonathan majors be this guy like whatever this guy means like if we could just get more of him which we're going to get variations of him which are cool and what i think we're going to get is a couple red herrings we're going to get near kang's maybe here soon where we think oh my god jonathan majors this kang here we go weaker version and a stronger one will come and then we'll think that's the one it'll almost be like cell when he keeps eating androids and just gets better and better and better and just the more that this fucking kang kills out the multiverse because he's trying to kang's goal is to course correct and have one sacred timeline every kang's goal ultimately is that that's the one thing they don't really say in the show but they need to allude to is that every kang's mission is like every loki's mission you have one purpose is death life rebirth with Kang, it is literally course correct the timeline, keep a sacred timeline at all costs, whatever that means. So now the real fun starts. And I love that we have what if, because I think what if could funly tie into like this whole thing. We hopefully are going to have a Spider-Man trailer we can talk about soon. I'm shaking my head no, because I don't, maybe they're not giving us a trailer. It's the first, first time in history, baby. You're going <laughs> to the movies and you know, piss all about it. Go and enjoy. There's one released, image of Tom Holland. Well, they released like toy images and uh, like Lego sets that aren't like, like just give you little, little tidbits and nuggets of info. Like, oh, here's a golden black suit. Okay, cool. What's that mean? Nothing. Not right now. Well, actually, upon really diving in and looking at the hot toy version of that golden black suit, it seems that he's got some sort of Doctor Strange amulet on one arm that maybe allows him time travel or multiverse openings or something. And then his other one on the black and gold suit 
is red and blue. And I found that very weird and interesting. So hmm. I don't, it's a, it's a weird color thing. I, we're going to give us a fucking trailer marble. I can't, I can't take it. All right. So I, uh, yeah, I, I was entertained a lot by Loki. Um, props to both, uh, to everybody on the show. Uh, but, but I really felt the chemistry between Tom Hiddleston and, uh, uh Owen Wilson. I thought they had great chemistry on screen. Um, Owen Wilson, did a really good job in the show. Um, he was amazing as Mobius. There's a lot of depth and emotion. I am pissed the fuck off that we never saw him on a jet ski. <laughs> Come on, man. The, what I liked about it is that they even went through enough uh, to make him a character and not Owen Wilson. Even though he's still he's still portraying, like Owen Wilson acts like Owen Wilson in anything he's ever in. Kind of like Keanu Reeves. Um you know, it, you almost have to kind of have like a, a like for the actor to like anything that he does. But here, I kind of feel like he's he stepped out and allowed himself to become that character a little bit more. And and then there's still the, you know, the quirkiness a little bit of of who Owen is, but it works. Uh, real quick, when we you, we uh, when you are at the end of the void there. I noticed, and and this is probably just a throwaway. It was just one of the things I need to like. Real okay, two things I need to mention from that episode: journey into mystery, Throg. Yeah, which I can't believe they put in. And apparently, Chris Hemsworth did voiceovers for, but they didn't end up. And the him. and the Thanos helicopter. Thanos helicopter is amazing. The giant yellow jacket helmet in the field was like. Oh fuck! There's a timeline where Dame, where Cross fucking, Darren Cross fucking figured it out and went giant mode. And could you imagine Yellow Jacket massive instead of tiny? I heard he's supposed to be in the Quantumania. Me too. I was. Yep. Yep. You are. Yep. You already. Mm-hmm. So right. yeah, I loved Loki, bro. I was a big fan. I'm excited for the second season. I look forward to what's to come. We also didn't quickly touch on the fact that Loki got blipped to a different timeline, a different universe. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, because um, before she could kill Kang or that version of the He Who Remains, um, he ended up getting yeah sent to another, like what we assume is back to the TVA, and then you see that screen where all the deviant timelines, and then there's Mobius, doesn't know who he is. Who are you? Do you know what that had? You know what that had uh, deep vibes of? Hmm. Back to the Future 2, and when he goes to 85, you know, it's just like, you know, the school closed down 15 years ago. Yeah. Slacker. I am a slacker. You call me that. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to shift gears here, and now we're going <laughs> to talk about Black Widow. Black Widow. Um, Black Widow just released. This movie got delayed for a year and two months, and. Uh, once again, with my with my mindset going in, I was entertained by it. Felt like the action was really good. Um, after all of this time uh, with Scarlett Johansson's character, you know, to really like this movie, you have to really be into her character. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, like, like, because this is her story. If you don't care about her character. Sorry about you. Uh, I mean, this movie would have been great like six years ago when I said they should do a Black Widow movie. You remember that, Brando? This movie should have came out in place of Captain Marvel. I said it. 
Yep. Captain Marvel should not have been an endgame. There, I said it. I feel you could set up Captain Marvel post-endgame a lot better than having one movie, one, to set up a whole new character way before anything else is really going on in, in the timeline of MCU-ness uh, other than uh, Captain America by that point. And then to just say, oh, she was gone. And then have her be in 15 minutes of the of the movie. Mm. I mean, in the in the MCU movie, like, uh, timeline order, it kind of makes sense because it's far enough apart from Endgame. But release-wise, I 1,000% agree. If you would have put Black Widow here right after Infinity War, where, she, you know, everything is building this fever pitch, we get this amazing epic of her, and we kind of go back before all the shit with Thanos, and you're like, oh, a simpler time, like what's going to happen and then on the other side of what's happening Natasha fucking throws herself off a cliff it the fucking it would the weight would have been 10 times heavier bro i know um i i said before you know cuz cuz then people will be like well then well then who's going to be the person that's going to stand up to Thanos and not you know you know take down the ship you, you, do you have any idea how many other characters could have done that Lots. You could have had a multitude of characters so, figure a way to do that. I have an idea. Already. Super Saiyan 2 Hulk. Oh, yeah. In anger, he, like, freaks out. Okay. So, Hulk, he does the snap, right? Now he's injured, right? Yep. He never got it. He never went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Thanos again. After he lost, he never went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Thanos again. That loss affected him so much that he, mel he, he melded his failure into his normal being and it sacrificed some strength right because he's not raging have him lose his shit in a rage and then you have the rematch Hulk Thanos part 2 and part of the rage the ship starts firing and he he runs and jumps or somehow uh, Thor or Cap throws the hammer and Hulk grabs the hammer and it takes him with him up to the ship and he just starts tearing the ship up. It would have been awesome. I'm just saying, you didn't need but her. Alternately, though, think about it like this. How cool would it have been if we didn't get the Captain Marvel movie before Endgame, not had her involved, had no idea she was coming, and then amidst that scene, she does show up out of fucking nowhere with this power that we don't know or understand. We're like, whoa, they just debuted Captain Marvel in the middle of Endgame? Like, this is fucking crazy. Where has she been? Well, the unfortunate, and then we can the unfortunate part of that is that um, it nobody uh, – these films have to be made for people who aren't comic book fans. You're right. You're a thousand percent right. No one – like, so literally no one's going to know who she is. That's why they had to make that movie and film that entire movie after they filmed Endgame but released it before Endgame. Black Widow before Endgame, so much more emotional weight. This movie is good. It's I don't think it's super great, but it is entertaining. It does bring finality to her character. Definitely. Um, I like This movie was way more fucking comical than I was expecting. Dude, I love her Guardian. 
Red Guardians is still a show for me. Uh, he he is the lovable idiot. Which is funny because that's because you don't get that from the very beginning when they're that secret Russian spy family. And what a heavy first scene, man. Oh yeah, really good stuff. Um and then of course the movie takes place after Civil War. She's on the run. You have uh Secretary Ross coming after her. I thought that was a pretty cool little, you know, uh nod and a wink there. I, I love that all these actors come back for short stints for this stuff. It just makes the continuity so much better. I don't, however, love how we had a whole Black Widow movie. We referenced Budapest. We saw parts of Budapest. We saw allegedly the back of Clinton's head and heard his voice, but never get a Jeremy Renner actual cameo. Right. The fuck? Yeah. Like, really, bro? For as, much as, these, for as much as these two characters are supposed to be tied together. Because they... that would have popped me, bro, in the theater. <gasps> There he is, like, oh, this is a cool moment. Like, we haven't heard, you know, we haven't seen this, but they did not do that. Overall, um, you don't have to go to the theater to see it. I, I, I don't feel like you do. If you want to, go for it. If you want to wait for it. Do you saw it at home? I did. I went to the theater. V and I went to the theater to see it. Biggest mistake ever. I bought my tickets the day they announced tickets were on sale. Reserve my tickets for 2D IMAX, H13, H12. Right dead in the middle of the theater. Beautiful seats. Best seats. Perfect seats. Greatest seats. We are like two minutes till the movie is officially, officially starting. Not the previews. The movie. We're like one preview away. And this fucking giant sat down next to me dude i'm talking this guy was seven foot something his legs he was sitting all the way back in the chair at amc and his knees were touching the chair in front of us bro he was tall damn and then on the other side of me on the other side of v was some guy who was squirmy the whole time so we just had a really uncomfortable movie going experience and uh, we were like, "Dad, we should have just stayed home and watched this. But it was fun to get back to the movie theater. Like, it was cool. And it was cool to see, hear, like, crowd reactions and stuff. And, like, yeah, man, it was exciting. I was I was definitely happy to be back in the theaters for part of it. But the, the part of the experience where I was, like, cramped up because there was a guy right next to me, this giant, I'm like, this the whole time. <laughs> it's a great movie, right? It's awesome. <laughs> You're telling that story, and I hear your cat in the background just <laughs> meowing away. You're gonna get this pillow tossed at you. <laughs> oh man! But no, I hate I, I hate experiences like that. And of course, I haven't been to the theater since before the, you know, the pandemic uh, or anything like that. And uh, no, I I think I, I I think it's a pretty decent and fun movie, but it's like, you know, just like anything else, just like. I don't know. I don't feel like I feel like if I went to if I went to the theater, I probably would have been like, yeah, that's pretty decent. It's pretty good. But having that be the first Marvel movie after Spider Man, I guess. But uh, you know, coming off of Endgame, I I think I would have been a slightly bit disappointed, um, uh, just because. But then it's the hype has kind of worn down since a year ago. Um, so it. And it, and it, like in a lot of ways, it did kind of meet the expectations I had for it. Uh, 
it was fun, but um, it doesn't do a whole lot. This movie does more to bring finality to her character and introduce um, um, her sister. Yelena, yeah. Uh, and the other two, Red Guardian, and uh, uh, I can't remember the mom's name now. Melina? Melina, yeah. Uh, is it Melina or Yelena? Melina. Melina. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so there's more to do with uh, introducing these characters and having them potentially come forward if they want to, or if uh, it seems like for one of them, they definitely are there. There is that intention here. And then to bring finality to Natasha, but there's only one scene that really is like, Hey, next time on dragon ball Z. And it's the post credit and it's the post credit. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think it's bad. I think it's pretty decent. And and I, I feel like I'm just kind of repeating it now. Uh, action was fun. Overall, oh, if you want to go to the theater and see it, go. If you're if you're on the fence, it hits Disney Plus in October. And you know what I'm going to say? I liked this movie quite a bit, and I and I and I just to piggyback, it did bring great finality to Natasha. It sets up her sister's future in the MCU. It sets up the Hawkeye show, lots of cool stuff. But I'm more excited for Shang Chi in a month and a half. Like, there's so many unknowns about that now. With the last trailer we got from that, having Wong and a returning Abomination, say what? Yeah. So you know. You know, uh, <clears throat> I'm excited for Spider-Man. Uh, I'm excited for Doctor Strange. I'm excited for Thor Love and Thunder as well. Yes. Um, Shang-Chi has my interest. Eternals, I thought that trailer was pretty... Mm. Okay, now we have substance, but... Okay, where are we I'm going? wondering if the Eternals, like... I, I, my my question is going to be: Will the Eternals movie end up having Kang or some version of Kang as part of the villain because he is an ancient being and a forever being that's run all across the time, and they're Eternals, so they live forever. So maybe he's kind of got a grudge. That is a hope because the MCU rewards you for being consistent and staying up to date. Um. In con you know, and incongruent with all these stuff. So that's like, so if you watch Loki, you go to watch Internals, and it, it, but if you didn't, you're like, wait, well, what, 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 like, what's this going on? But then the guy next to you is doing the DiCaprio uh, screen point, you know, like, oh, that's shit. So I hope so, but I'm not necessarily like, like, I'm not rushing to the theater to see it. You're not a Red Guardian about it, huh? You're no, not rushing. I, I tell you what. If we get Red Guardian in any of these movies going forward, you're gonna pop me. Uh, uh, how about what about Red Guardian v Juggerduck? Dude, make it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'd be about it. We need the Juggerduck in the MCU. That's all I'm gonna say. You know, if we well, can have, if we can have an alligator Loki, why can't we have Juggerduck? Bro, I'm pretty sure the Snyderverse now exists in the MCU with the multiverse. Like, I think it, it branched might. somewhere in it there. It might. It might be in there somewhere. Might be. 
You know, I'm pretty sure I saw RoboCops hanging around somewhere, you know. No, overall, you know, you make your best choice uh, for you. I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and say anything else because I thought it was all right. Uh, we used to give number ratings, and I don't know if that's even – I don't know if I want to do that. Because We're it, in a new era. It's good. Watch it. Hey, I was entertained, and therefore – it was worth a watch. It's the MCU, goddamn it! And if you miss something, you miss everything, and that's what they've got you on now. Twenty-four movies deep and a bunch of good series on the TV on Disney Plus. You're in the bullshit. I personally feel because the end credit scene we haven't talked about it. The end credit scene set after Endgame is Natasha's grave. It's her sister going to pay her respects, say goodbye, do the whistle call response thing, and then you got purple hair Seinfeld lady show up. Where do we see her? Oh, hey, Black Widow was supposed to come out before this show. So we had her. This was supposed to be her. Like, hey, hey, who's this chick? Well, she was in Falcon and Winter Soldier hooking up U.S. agent. She's essentially assembling the Thunderbolts, it seems. She, she's the MCU's Amanda Waller, kind of. Val. Yep, Val. You know, uh, you know, not with villains, but with just another group of you know, fringe anti-heroes. Sure, yeah, yes, it's a good way to put it. Uh, you know, she's like, ah, you want to have a crack at the person responsible for your sister's death, and hands her a tablet, and it's Hawkeye. She's like, he's pretty handsome, huh? Like, not bad. He's a looker. And it's like, doesn't matter. But there's interesting things because now that means Yelena is most likely the villain, or will play some sort of integral part in the Disney plus Hawkeye show, which is awesome. Yeah. It's coming out in like a month and a half. I do believe there you go. Uh, yeah. So there's that, <laughs> there is that. I mean, I don't think it's a strikeout. It's not the worst MCU movie I've ever seen. There's a lot of small stuff. That's really cool. You know, but bad placement in the timeline of release. I, they could I have done so. it so much better. And, the fucking buildup, dude. We could have got this movie released last summer the same way. Yeah. The yeah. same fucking honestly, way, bro. And honestly, I might have actually uh, be speaking higher of it. Not that, again, not that I hate it. It's just, uh, or, or or even dislike it. At that point, we, we were so hungry and cooped up for anything that, that you could have given us Thor Dark World for the first time. And we were like... Dude, did you see the Loki scene where he died, and then, and then, then yeah, that's uh, yeah, that thing, you know, uh, maybe, maybe those not. dark elves were amazing. Oh yeah, man. You know, I mean, who called the aether a stone? It's not a stone. It's more of a fluid. You know, the, and the thing is, is that I don't know if the same thing could be said like for the Edward Norton Hulk. Probably not. I probably wouldn't accept. It. No, it. Bad placement, decent story. Scarlet does a great job in the movie. They explain how she dyes her hair for Infinity War and how they get a Quinjet. I want someone to make an ultra super cut of the MCU and take all these like 1992, 1995, 1983, and like timeline every fucking incident together so it isn't necessarily have like a single narrative. But you're just seeing the moments happen in real time. So you could start with first Avenger. Mm -hmm. And, you know, actually, really, if you really technically did that, 
you would start with scenes from Thor the Dark World where the way back in the day, you know, the Asgardians were hiding the Aether and Thor's yeah. grandpa and shit. But I think it would be cool. It would be, it'd be a lot of fun. Space. I also would love a super cut of, um, of uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? All the things that are happening in Infinity War at the exact same moments. Because, like, the Q ships are dispersed the same time, but for some reason, uh, Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight end up in Belgium with Wanda and uh, and uh, Vision way the foot like minutes minutes after all the shit that happened in New York went down. Like technically, they should have probably if they left the thing at the same time and went to the same planet. I'm just saying. Yeah, like I'm because it's saying. night over there, and yet it's like in the morning or afternoon. It's so. one. It's I actually looked on the phone. It's one nineteen p.m. when or one twenty one p.m. when Bruce says I'm gonna make the call, and it's like dark ass. Like it, there's only night. a six hour difference. There's only a six hour difference. It'd be seven <laughs> fucking p.m. It's not. There's nobody on the streets. What? Come on, now. <laughs> right? Yeah, continuity errors, but. You know, I think at my, I don't know, I'm not, I don't know if I have much else for this episode this week. Nah, bro, we're just, uh, we're grinding our way into 350 here. We've yep. gotten some, some final, amazing stuff from the MCU. Even if Black Widow wasn't the greatest thing since sliced bread, it does give us hope that the MCU is still breathing. We didn't even talk you know? about Taskmaster uh, and how they kind of made some changes there. I mean, they did make major changes to Taskmaster, and I did love how all the way back in fucking Avengers, Loki says, you know, can you erase that much red in your ledger, talking to Black Widow, and then he says, Drakov's daughter. And it's just like, at that time, it's a throwaway line, but now it carries so much impactful weight. One last thing before we go. I love the Marvel uh, intro for the last episode of Loki. With all the voices happening, all the voices, which is essentially and, the timeline. Yeah, and it, with all the MCU stuff there that was going on, and then the then then the song from the end to end game, the dance, which song. is also from from the first Civil, uh, Captain America, yep. and also was in. Actually, I don't know. I don't. I think it's. I don't know if it's. No, it's not. It's the other one. So in uh, First Avenger, when he's crashing the plane, there's a song playing. Yeah. And that song is the same song that's playing when Tony is going up into the Q ship that Ebony Maw has a uh, Doctor Strange in. So it's like this dichotomy. Anyways, um, yeah. I, I, more MCU. Give it to us now, please. We need that trailer. We're gonna get Shang Chi soon. We're gonna. What get, if is next, right? What if is August eleventh. Uh, which in that what if we're going to get a fucking Marvel zombies episode. And then uh, right around the same time in August, we're getting Suicide Squad. August 6th, which you'll be able to watch at home on HBO Max or in theaters. I'm probably going to watch it at home and then go to the theaters. There you go. Hell yeah. Hell I think right. that's going to do it, Brando. Yep. As always, you find Fairweather folks can check us out on all the different podcasting platforms. You know which ones to go to. Just make sure to search Journey Into Comics Network. Get us wherever you're going to find us. Tune in. Make sure to subscribe to us. Go to our YouTube, our Facebook. Like us. Subscribe. Comment. Share it with your friends. Go to journeyintocomics.com. That's the home of all things Journey Into Comics Network, where you can check out the archives of over a 1,000 amazing podcasts through our history. Go back and reminisce with us as we lead our way to this 350. 
I think that's going to do it this week. Brando, is there anything else you want to add before we roll out? Nope. I'm good. It's good to be back. Hopefully we'll be back next week. And hopefully we get some news to talk about. You know, um, I'm not really too sure what all is going on out there. Um, but, yeah, we'll try again next week. Let's see if right. we can get two in a row. Hell, yeah, let's do it. And 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 maybe it's not our fault, Brandon. Maybe we're just the variants that are waiting to be pruned. No, there you we go. We weren't supposed to carry it on to 350. Other people are. I don't know. Well, I digress. That's going to do it for this week's episode, Journey to Comics. This is Journey into Comics 344. The greatest hiatus. I'm Nate. I'm Brando. And as always, pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys.